You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Like, I I just, I'm like, I definitely did not watch like uh, Avengers Civil War what's up and so now I'm looking and somebody from Pennsylvania I guess <laughs> is using my Netflix Andrew I, I don't know how to tell you this without crying but I am I'm using your Netflix oh sick <laughs> um, and now I want to I want to go and sign everyone out except I know my mother uses it which is fine I know uh, friend Glenn uses it, which is fine, but they both have their own, like, profile. You know, like, they're not fucking right. around with me. <clears throat> and uh, and Gab is, like, not here right now, so she might be using it on the iPad, but she also knows how to use her profile. It's very strange. You know, of all things to steal, um, I think... I'm okay. I mean, it's... If they were watching better movies, I'd be... <laughs> <laughs> less concerned but she was like oh wow i hadn't seen this wow. i should go by and it says i've seen this but i haven't maybe i'll go back and watch this wow you're watching you're watching hidden hidden damage four that's actually not a real movie but it would be great if it was <laughs> hidden, damage hidden damage four the, the reckoning clap there it was like a, a really like I, I i missed the you know sound and i got like just that wasn't good <laughs> so if you were playing guitar you'd be you would have fretted that i would have flubbed it yeah exactly yeah, i would have, would have uh, that would have been <laughs> that awful feeling when you're playing a show <laughs> and not only do you flub it but the downward motion makes you drop the pick and you just have to stand there for a nanosecond feeling no. fully helpless and then I never yeah. felt that. I would always, I, I would always, muff. I would always make uh, make boners on stage. I guess you could say. I would get so mad at myself when I would <laughs> hit like a sour note. I would beat myself up in popular, a degree that's ridiculous. Popular theme: you getting super. How I mean, how how annoying was it when I like you would be super into being like, well, I have to play the show perfectly. And then he'd look over, and I was like, uh, "Taking too long to tune." Uh, that I never minded that. In fact, <laughs> you you were never right next to me, so what different? I could never hear you. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I only I knew you were there by my visual field. Like I had no, you know, it, it, you could have been an illusion. That's nice. Of um, you. I don't know how Sean Goody felt. We always. <laughs> I don't know if we ever talked about this on the <laughs> no. podcast, but we always used to. Oh, no. Our our one constant conflict was who had to be next to Sean Duty. Oh my god! Because you get would blocked just out. Box you in, and Sean Duty is like the ultimate boxer inner. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And the one tour we did where he finally owned up to it, 
and uh, went on to the side of the stage to play. Oh, Much like good. Joe Lally defers to the two uh, the two swashbucklers. Joe Lally may as well sit in fucking Brendan Canty's lap. I love that shit. He it's could, great. He could, I mean, at this point, he could do it from home. You know? That's true. <laughs> this is the future. <laughs> You're like, I, you know, I'm not going to make it, but um, the, I'll definitely play along to the uh, Live Nation stream, if you'd like. Um, so it's like eight seconds behind. You know, like, it's like no one notices. We're fine. Yeah, it's totally work. It's like one of those things you don't really talk about, and you're just like, it'll totally work. Man, I'm just going to play along the Live Nation stream, and then you go in there like 10 minutes before the show starts, and you realize you have to like sign up with a credit card, and Live Nation doesn't know you're in the band. and you could like go and open your email and approve that it was actually you and have that whole thing and then sign in again. And but then your you're signing on your phone and you've got to go back and sign in on the computer. Yeah, it's awesome. So you got to send a scan of your license. <laughs> it's good. You'll be like, hey, I promise you, internationally recognized musician Joe Lally, I just didn't feel like showing. And the show's in D.C., which is like the biggest, you know, he just really didn't feel like leaving the couch. <laughs> He's like, there's this, there's this documentary about uh, uh, the band Possessed that I really want to watch. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and multitask this one out. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna try something. After 45 years of playing music, we're gonna try something new. As the reunited, the last band to reunite for money, Fugazi, the the watch just turned toward them. I thought they got back together, didn't they? No. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they, they're probably, because of the stubbornness of Ian Mackay, they probably never will. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, money talks. And uh, I'm sure, I'm sure at some point, records will stop selling, just in general. And streams I mean, that's are, already happening. That's, that's, that's in like full com- effect right now. Like every, every, like, small and mid-tier label... Uh, since they've got very little business acumen, <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. last year was of like a boom year for vinyl. So all of these smaller labels that have no like history to fall back on just overextended themselves, assuming that the trend would continue, and it like super <laughs> hasn't. So Bad now, catalog stuff. Yeah, exactly. So now all of these labels are hyper overextended to pressing plants that are trying hard to get this stuff out so they can take on new business and it all doesn't matter because nobody's buying records anymore because everybody realizes now that records are not a thing you need so <laughs> uh, here we are I definitely super not ever uh, something you need I, I as somebody who just came uh, from listening to exciting records Interesting records. I will say in full, full confidence, the records are not not, not necessary, especially yeah. when you have to move. That's the thing. It's just some shit you've got to throw in a box eventually, and then something you're going to force yourself to be sad over when it like breaks or warps or someone steals it or fucking, you know, it's just like, it gets wet, like you leave the window open and your records get wet. <laughs> what just are some things don't, that... Don't do that, and you're fine. What are some things that people force themselves to be sad over, do you think? I mean, records, books, phones, clothes, people—like you name it. It's uh, it's oh, it's wild. Satisfaction is the death of desire. Yeah, that's exactly a wise man once said. As a as a wise man once said, um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I'm in a, I'm at a down note. You gotta you gotta prop me up this time, pal. What is going on? Just a lot of things. Uh, did are you going just light on. the house on fire? Is this like is this a weird yeah, suicide well, podcast? The, 
<laughs> no, house is actually on fire, but it's <laughs> it's okay because it's only the downstairs. Oh, that's sick. It's Fall only the apartment. Bed smoking. Yeah, it's like the, if you ever played the game Fallout for your iPhone, and um, there's like Fallout Vault where everybody lives in the vault. Great game, very addicting. But is if, there a Fallout for the iPhone? Really? There is, but it's it's like um, you ever play like Office Manager. <laughs> This is going no. real deep. I, I not only have I, I have not played Office Manager. However, I live that game often. So yeah. uh, yes, <laughs> me too. As a single, as a, as a one man operation. That's what I want to do is spend all day sitting around being like, oh fuck, we didn't order paper cups, and then getting home being like, fuck, I didn't order paper cups. Like that's what I need. <laughs> and we just um, have a, a virtual game called Stressed Out Man, where you're a stressed out man, and then you you turn on the game and instead you play a different stressed out man <laughs> like angry wife the video game <laughs> i love i'm gonna write i'm actually writing that down physically writing it down <laughs> stressed out man the game and it has like a heartbeat yeah it'd be perfect it'd be excellent and you're like boom 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 text from wife very vague boom 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 it's you know you know it's about like you know, you said you'd go get toilet paper and you didn't, but it could be about anything. It's like just, you know, we have a lot of things to talk about when you get home. What if there was a like a downloadable content pack for Stressed Out Man? Oh, yeah. Where you, it would link up with your Apple Watch. And when you <laughs> actually got stressed out in real life, you it earned you money in the game that you could use to buy more stressful. That you could buy records in the game and then they get wet. Yes. You're like, oh! my records i'm stressed out found that that oh my god i found that dead youth defense league record that i've been looking for since i was a child since i was a baby and, and the dog and, ate it because i wanted I, a dog i went and i and i you know and we I, we got talking and then we went into the um, burrito spot the white burrito spot and i left it in the car no, and I came back out, and I was like, "Oh no!" And then I left looked. it on the dashboard in the hot sun. And you think, like, man, there's this record has been cared for, like almost curatorially, like in a museum for years by somebody with an IKEA shelf, and then it was sold to you, and then you immediately treated it like garbage. Yep. Something to write a hardcore song about, really. Whole time the wife's like, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you not to buy that. You know, eighty dollars is a lot of money, and it's you know we've got a little uh, bundle of joy in the way, and uh, you know I got a new band that you should collect. It's called Similac. The band is called Similac. The band is called Huggies. Okay, how about that? Let me introduce you to your two new favorite bands, Pedialyte. Pedialyte and having four hours and of sleep perpetually. Wet ones, wet wipes, and <laughs> and, and you will buy the wrong wipes. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. It's like a chance of suicide, twenty eight percent, and then it's like zooms in on like, you know, some bridge, you know, and like it can get really. It's a game that gets really dark as it goes along. It's like it'd be like choose your own adventure. It's like, do you? <clears throat> Like, you can choose, in the beginning, you can choose a character who is, like, you know, like, moral. Does he have a little bit of, like, a backstory? Does he have priors? Does he have a weird history? You can choose what mental illnesses this person has. <laughs> and based on that, when you can go through the whole thing, discovering this person, whether you're pregnant with this person, 
And then depending on what you chose way in the beginning that you totally forgot about two months later, you're like, Oh, suddenly this dude wants to fucking kill himself for no reason. And then you have to talk the character down, even though that's the character. Yeah. It's a character you're playing as you, you know, like finally you get like a text, like, well, targets closed. Like when you had plans to go to Target, but then you're working late. This is uh, game game devs take note. This is our million dollar idea for the week. <laughs> what is it called? Stressed out man. Stressed out man. I fucking love stressed out man. It's like the, well, uh, the 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 white person burrito spot that you just said. I said that to a group of people yesterday, and I got a side eye. Yo, yo, I'm really glad you said that. Yesterday, I called some. I called Viv's Bar and Troy a black bar. <laughs> I was like, it's a black bar. And, and everyone's looks, looked at me like I was the Ayatollah Khomeini. <laughs> you know, I, I was that, I was that. That's really good because it's like, that is, it's so like enjoyably throwback. You know, it's like, it's so innocent and it's like, oh, it's a black bar. But yeah, okay. also at the same time, it presupposes that for you to get offended, it presupposes that you can't comprehend that there would be such a thing as a black bar or like a, a place that is more comfortable for for black residents to go you know it's such it, to get wound up about that digs you in such a weird hole so fast i don't it's, understand it, it was i can tell i could feel i could feel like the weird like whoa like whoa i was like oh yeah well, that's what you call it you know and it's like i immediately thought yeah, well, there's guys in throwback jerseys, and like they have a speaker outside that blasts whatever they're playing. They're blasting Tupac, you know, bar full of black dudes. Um, this actually sounds like your spot. It's so my spot. We we go there uh, occasionally, and it's like so my spot, right? But two doors down, I could very easily call the the fucking BYO food bar, where that has nothing but craft beer, and like storytelling about craft beer. Ooh, I could call it the white bar. Yeah, I'd, I'd understand. As a person without a, a like a fucking horse in the race, I'd understand what you were saying. You know, yeah. <laughs> like your conversational shortcut achieves. I got it. Understood. <laughs> Thank you, V Woke. My name is V Woke. There is actually a taco spot in Portland that was uh, accused of cultural appropriation. I saw that. The women went to Mexico and. Um, bragged about stealing recipes while also belittling the poor women that they stole them from. <laughs> so they're guilty of bad form, big time. Um, I'm not sure that it's cultural appropriation, but someone I could probably convince me of that. Well, this is the thing. That, from the description, could be, like, the hallmark of cultural appropriation. Sure. Like, legitimately went and stole a thing like stole the stole ip basically um (laughs) except i think you would have a very difficult time culturally claiming tortillas or flatbreads as or cilantro ip and also there's you have to find me the legal statute that describes what a cultural intellectual property is (laughs) and let me know when you find it, because it's 
not there. Like, it just, you, you give I, me a shout when you come across it. Like, culture serves the person living in it, and if that's it, like, just stop. Just stop. It, that, it, so then your, your understanding of the world, that means that Mexican culture is time immemorial. That people were born in the, like, the, what, the fucking uh, African savanna, or evolved in the African savanna, moved throughout Europe, moved in the cradle of civilization, moved throughout Asia, Southeast Asia, got to Australia, crossed the Bering Strait, made their way across the Americas, down, further down, got past the Rio Grande, and said, well, fuck it, we're Mexicans now. That is, like, yeah. if you pull the thread, that is the only logical argument for this, which is, I, I, I think everyone could agree that's a bizarre way to go through life. Oh, God. There's also, uh, there's a bunch of kids in Evergreen who are uh, sitting in because there was a professor who wrote uh, you got to read the letter too the like the letter that they're uh they're wound up about it's a uh professor who apparently evergreen state college has a day where they're trying to make it so white people can't come to campus or like willingly don't show up to give people of color like a space or uh, or something to that effect and this dude wrote back and was like okay i guess i misunderstood the point of this <laughs> I'm gonna be at work that day cause we're a college and we're supposed to do college stuff and you know these kids parents pay for us to do the, the college stuff um yeah I'll be at work that day you know it was just like okay that's it <laughs> and it it ballooned into this really extreme thing there's a great video of him having it, I love it he's standing in a hallway looking like he just got back from the beach and he's surrounded on all sides, all sides by like an, an honest to God mob of students. And he's like, okay, there's a difference between debate and dialectics. You know, like I, sure. I, I, I don't have, I have, I don't have interest in one and I have a lot of interest in the other. And as he's saying this, you legitimately hear people in the audience going, we don't care. Yeah. Oh no, no. It's like, oh yeah, oh, no, no. That's, that's it. No, it's really, are, really good. I mean, I understand. I mean, don't get us wrong. I under. I mean, I understand that that I'm um, cultural appropriation, total power dynamic, which you know members of dominant culture take elements of a, a culture of people of oppressed, systematically oppressed people, um, and and try to profit or whatever. Like when Gwen Stefani wore a bindi. And everybody got nuts about that. I remember that. That was the first time I had ever heard the term. And that was right in the, the time of the uh, Safe Tibet, which has which doesn't relate it, but it's, was people all of a sudden were saying, well, you know, there are all these. But I don't see where a taco or a bindi or anything. Like, uh, like if, I, if I'm a chef and I put a burrito on my menu, I mean, just tell me how that. I mean, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, so who do I ask permission for that? Like who? Like, it's appropriation. Appropriation implies uh, I didn't ask permission. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, what's what's so the tribunal I, I've got to reach out to? Yeah. So, I, is there like a is there a, is a burrito czar in Mexico that I'm, I might have to meet with? Go to DC and go to the embassy and be like, oh, yeah. Like, what's the paperwork this? situation? Is this like a lot yeah, like, or a little? Yeah. Like, here's the set. I'm going to open a burrito spot. I know you probably get ten of these emails a day. Um, just let me know. Is that cool? Like, so in a way, it's like people love. It's it's very much like. Woke, woke call-out culture finding yet another thing to Google and be mad about. Well, this is the interesting and it seems uh, very thing petty. I find about th- this kind of thing is that... All right, so if you are wound up that these women uh, open a taco spot or open a burrito spot, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm, I, I'm happy to explain why you're wrong. Like, I'm, I'm happy to, like, logic through why you're like you're acting foolish but i'm not a person to say well you're wrong like whatever like you can feel whatever you want i can give a fuck how you feel it's great if, if you feel upset that these women open a taco spot you feel upset that's all right but my question then is so that so then to you uh culture is uh sacrosanct <laughs> it, it it's it's a a monolith that exists and people exist within it and then uh, transfer between different cultures is not uh, is not an option in that way sure um or even uh, we'll, we'll say maybe like maybe it is like a maybe to a certain degree everyone all of a, all of a sudden everyone has certain degrees when it's uh, when it gets closer to them but my so my question then is if that's something you're upset about are you 100 percent living up to or living within the boundaries of your culture so I'm Irish and German. Mm. If I am angry about that, but I'm not doing explicitly Irish and German things, <laughs> then what's up? Like, that's the, that's the rub about call-out culture and all this shit is that, if you're mad at fucking technology, but you don't live in a hut, what's up? Like, if you're mad at, if you're basically, I, I mean, I'm, I can follow this down threads that are dark and like, I fucking have like lawyers calling, uh, you know, calling yeah, me. Like, I, it's not too hard to do. But this, this isn't. I mean, we're asking legitimate questions. This isn't like devil's advocate. Like, just saying. Like, I would no, actually. But also, but the problem we gotta is talk about devil's to, advocate. Like, I mean, but that's I mean, the problem is when you have to when you ask, then what? People get fucking stymied. That's when people stand up and yell, "We don't care." Well, that yeah. Then all of a sudden, it's a it's a protest. People, there's people who like think that Sister Rosetta Thar- Sharp, right, or Sister Rosetta Tharp, whatever her name mm-hmm. was, invented rock and roll. Sister Rosetta Tharp invented yeah. rock and roll, and never got credit. But I mean, I, I, I mean. I, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe she did. Can, I don't know. Like, who, I mean, she's I mean, sick. So we know it's a video. Very, she's sick as hell. But that's a while. I mean, okay, fine. Okay. So, but you can't, you can, you can't, I, I, I mean, the Rolling Stones played blues cover. I mean, I just, that is so, so deep and so fucking weird. And it's an outrage machine. I, I think in terms of the baseline, like if, if two women want to open a fucking taco spot, cool. Okay, great. And it's probably not good. Like, if you know anything about food, you don't go to the fucking taco spot that two fucking bloggers opened. You go to the spot. 
You go to the Mexican, you go to the fucking Mexican spot where there's Mexican people working, and you know the spot. Like if you're in and your I town, assume because you do that, then because these are your ideals, that you're also paying them a living wage, right? Sure. Like the the Mexican spot, you're you're clearly you're doing one hundred percent of your part to make sure that the the people working there are making the same living wage that the the white burrito spot is. Yeah. Right. Sure. If not, what's up? <laughs> if you are, if if hypothetically, if you're in a band that preaches communism and you do non communist shit, what's hmm. up? And this is the thing. And this is all right. I. I want to make sure this is this is uh, something I had read earlier that put me in this frame of mind. So as much as I would love to claim the simplicity of this idea as my own, it was uh, one of my favorite authors uh, dropped a piece on this earlier today that it was just beautiful in how concise it was. Um, when your personal life and your ideals are at odds, it doesn't cancel out your personal life. Like, your personal life isn't what gets canceled out. It's your ideals that get canceled out. That's just... it. Like, it's... When they can't coexist, the personal life won't vanish. That'll always be there. It's the ideals that vanish. Which is why it's ugly to see people do shit like this. It's nasty. When you said devil's advocate before, I struck a chord because people... (laughs) People speak about devil's advocate as though it's, like, a thing that people do to get around conversation. Yo. Everyone listening, put put your earphones tighter (laughs) on your head. Devil's advocate is possibly the most important fucking mental exercise you can give to yourself. It is the ultimate gift you can give to yourself and others. Um, The dark side. Yeah, if you're... And I think I honestly think it's because it uses the word devil that people have a weird association with it. Yo, if you can't understand how somebody else would feel differently than you, I can understand exactly why these people feel differently than me. It's just it logically doesn't stand up. That's what I'm here for. Yo, here's the logic. Here you go. If you're not living in the cabin in the woods, but you're criticizing somebody's uh, use of technology, what's up? What's up? There's no binary. If you are not if you're not committed to the cause that you're giving somebody else shit for, who the fuck would ever listen to you? <laughs> if you go to Evergreen State College and you feel as though it's uh, like a hostile place for racial minorities or you're like it's it's imbalanced, the thing you do is you go to the registrar and you say, I would like to resign and give my place to a student of color who wasn't able to get into this college. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. It's not there's it's not a grayscale. That's if that's your ideals, that's what you do. And if you don't do that, that's not your ideals. And if you're talking to somebody else about those ideals as if they're your own, they are your own, then you are you're making it up. And that's that. It's that's it. It's it's we're not ta- we're not dealing in fractions here. These are whole numbers. Uh, that's that. No, yeah, I, I, I I mean Exactly. I encourage uh, people to be thoughtful about using yeah. things from other cultures. Consider the context, maybe. Um, you know, I mean, if you really want to go deep, you can learn about, uh, like, the culture. I mean, the oppressive histories of tacos, if you fucking want to. It's like, you know, but honestly, I mean, we've got fucking 80 years in this rock. I mean, you got to fucking pick your <laughs> battles, man. I'm, I'm going to learn the fucking oppressive histories behind yoga or... 
you know, fucking, fucking driving a car with rubber tires and how fucking the tire, fucking Goodyear went to fucking Brazil in the 40s and leveled, you know, umpteen junk. Okay, but you know, like, there's there's being aware and then there's being like, oh, I, I actually have to be nude and can't do anything or or even breathe. Yep. And you know what? I just want to, maybe I just want a taco and to do some downward facing dog. And I don't want to think about the oppressive because I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think that, uh, you know, uh, if I open a yoga studio, that's necessarily like, uh, ruining anybody's life or a bad taco spot. That'll close. Well, that's in six the thing. Months. It's, it, we can understand that yoga enriches people's lives. That's why people do it. It's the understanding. So do tacos. So, or yeah, tacos. Perfect. So then, or rock and roll. You are, you're clearly providing an agreed upon net positive. So then, the counter argument is that these net positives should only be available to people who were lucky enough to be born into a situation that they were okay to use. Like, we agree that tacos and peanut butter and jelly are roughly equal net positives. <laughs> So then, growing up in America as a white male, am I only able to have peanut butter and jelly? No. I, I, I'd love an answer from... I wish this was a live call-in show. Uh, <laughs> We're certainly going to get some hate on this. Yeah, we might. Uh, <laughs> I loved... A few... About a week and a half ago, the New York Times did an article where they took people uh, across you know, a bunch of different racial lines and they asked them, okay, well, what do you identify racially with? You know, like, what culturally, what do you what do you identify? And people told them, and they took the DNA test, and then they came back with the, the racial DNA results. And they were wild, you know? Like, people who were like, oh, yeah, I've identified as Asian all my life, find out that they're, like, Cherokee. You know, <laughs> it, it was, it's really wild. It's very, very fucking cool. It makes you... Like, I think so much about the way that human beings came to take over the planet and spread and such, and, like, how all these systems intermingle, it's really fascinating. If you've ever tried to, like, pour milk into tea and watch these insanely elaborate patterns start to form as the two liquids start to mix, I I, I picture that, like, culturally and, like, across the, across the earth. It's really fascinating. Um, and so... They got to uh, they got to one guy who was like, well, uh, my my white or I'm sorry, my mother is white and my father's black, and my you know but my mother raised me black. She said you know no police officer is going to see your white mother. Okay, <laughs> sick. So um, comes back with his DNA results and he's like 91 percent European, like overwhelmingly white. And there's like a photo of him. You know he he looks he's. He's black. He has light skin, but he is certainly black by uh, by any societal standard. Uh, and then they have his response, and it's really, like, hostile. It's like, you've caused my family a lot of pain. You know, this is, I won't live in, you know, uh, uh, I want my first instinct is to say, like, white capitalist society. But I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly what he said, but something along those lines. And then it's like, I will never identify as anything other than black. And I'm like, okay, that's... Say, like, I don't think anyone would ever hold a gun in this guy's head and say no. You know, <laughs> that's <laughs> perfect. That's totally chill. That's uh, everyone's fucking right to do that. 
But it also inadvertently proves the argument of Rachel Dolezal. (laughs) By virtue of getting angry about it, this dude went ahead and from a perspective of logic, from somebody who has access, I think we can argue that Rachel Dolezal might not have access to every part of her brain. You know, like... I don't think there's anything wrong with her necessarily, but I, 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 I wouldn't be shocked if there was. You know what I mean? Like if if somebody came back with like her cat scan and was like, "Well, that's interesting," um, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be like, "Okay." Right. But this dude who apparently has access to all his mental facilities, just by virtue of having an emotional moment, went ahead and proved this woman's idea that race that race exists outside of um of genetics that you can identify as a race and not necessarily be that race which is again fine i don't give a shit you know it's like what fucking what difference does that make to a busy person but uh people seem to give a shit about that a lot people got real wound up um i have not seen anybody come back on that article and make that point in any grandiose way because most of the world just hopes that Rachel Dolezal just sort of goes away. Um, but we're, we're just a few months away from peer-reviewed papers on this shit that is going to, uh, that's going to break it open wild. And it's, we have no problem calling gender a social construct. Well, I, <laughs> the most woke among us will scream it and I think uh, the majority of rational people understand that to be true to at least some degree like anyone who's arguing there's a no genetic difference between men and women is obviously uh, a fucking loon but uh the idea that gender can be more social than biological or at least 50 50 i yeah sure for sure i'm 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 quite certain of this (laughs) um but then it's bizarre to take that same claim with, or to take the precise opposite of claim with race. Be like, well, gender's a social construct for sure. However, race is um, deep in your DNA. It's 100% fucking uh, nature, 0% yes. nurture, and by that virtue, so be culture. Well, it's people, I mean, (laughs) somewhere along the line in the 1990s, for sure, people began to misunderstand the relationship between people and like labels. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And and aggregates and concretes. And it's, it's there. And it became an argument that, that, um, became an uh, something for, I mean, that people have hung their hat on for years and years and years. And uh, I think it's, it's kind of counterproductive. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm everything is so fucking like, like everything is so fucking concrete, and it's like I, I it's very. Um, I consider myself a progressive individual, and uh, I, I don't know why. I mean, when stuff comes out, I mean, it's like something out of a fucking Steve Martin movie. It's like, oh, I um, <laughs> they hate these cans. It's like they hate these tacos. It's like oh, fucking. I mean, I it just. You know, there was such there's such a fucking like thin, but it's there. It's a very thin patina of like sense of humor, unlike and like agreeing to disagree and fun, and not having fucking not being. See, I think as I'm getting older, and I, you, tell me if you feel this too. I, I get. I think I'm getting less emotional. 
And I think oh my that, God, yes. And I think that's okay. And the the fights, the fucking shit I used to time I post to when I was like twenty seven with some of what you witnessed. Like I Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I caught that show. I couldn't fucking care. I mean I just I find myself getting quieter and getting like less emotional and I, I really just want to laugh a lot and have and, and enjoy what's happening. And I think that the whole taco thing, it, I, when I read that, I thought it was funny. And it's like the perfect storm of like, and fodder for everybody to either laugh or get really crazy about it. And there's two options. You can laugh or you can go crazy, especially in life. I think there's always just the two options. You can fucking, yeah, you can enjoy <laughs> it. Or you can fucking go crazy eventually. If this is road blasters, that's one side is the left of the road and the uh, the other side is the right, and you just gotta fucking hang in the middle. And it, it goes beyond. I mean, it goes beyond. I mean, the problem is everybody. It's just like how music got. I mean, there's there's literally a genre of music right now called Philly basement. Oh God. Yeah. Oh fuck. And um, like it's just like everything else. The it's you if you attach your thing to everything. Everything becomes like very unfun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't know if this makes sense, but it's like if you attach such a fucking treatment, if everything in your life is fucking moral forensic files, half, <laughs> like half an hour an episode. Where well today we delve into the fact that you fucking looked at me the wrong way, and we're gonna spend a half an hour on it. Like you, it becomes a, a a deep. You can become addicted to outrage. Oh, for outrage. sure, yeah. And you're, I mean, it's so when you catch yourself having fun and shooting the shit, you feel guilty. You feel guilt. And when you're having a frank discussion about, hey, you know, there's a great black bar downtown 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 Troy called Vivs, and then suddenly you feel that twinge of. When you hear somebody say that and you feel that twinge inside of you, where does that come from? Because it's in com- light conversation with friends who, I mean, I'm, I've, I mean, there's no fucking swastika armband on me. I also wonder if you went down to Viv's and you sat down at the bar making conversation and you're like, oh, so this is like the black bar, huh? I don't think you get a warm welcome, but I don't. No one would protest your house there, you know. But <laughs> like even, I think I, I could feel very confident in people being like, uh, "Yeah, weirdo," I guess. But I think that if you were, um, like, if if you were to, if you were a like, for instance, right? I went there last time. We went there. They were playing the best, like the all my shit, cameo, fucking midnight star, my music. This is my music. I'm but not saying that it? I'm fucking Christopher Columbus and I fucking raped your mother and killed your father and I fucking and I, now this land is mine because of the white man's burden. I'm saying this is my music because I love it. That's what I'm trying to say. Nope. That this You're about is to mine. get run out of town. You're, you just opened the fucking uh, you just opened a taco spot. Yeah, but it's I'm saying like okay, and I can also have fun with people who are there. Like an old old guy just doing kind of a two step with some shiny like cheap shiny shoes on and like brown pants, looking like he's about to looking like he's going to go down to church, looking like Fred, looks like Fred Sanford. 
I'm not I'm, I'm not embracing that stereotype. I'm saying, hey, this is this is fucking this is a jovial time, and I'm having a grand old time. And because I I'm not, I, I I I'm there, and I'm saying all of these things, people will be like, well, you know, but think of the you know the oppression. Why can't he afford better shoes? Maybe he likes those shoes. Who knows? I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not asking. I'm not gonna fucking set up a, a fucking table with a table with a weird tablecloth on it and ask everybody to fill out a survey. I'm not from the ACLU. I, I'm. I just. I, I like watching somebody get down. And I think that, <laughs> and, and it's people and definitely social justice people call it an outdated like melting pot argument. But I love to celebrate. And I love to celebrate every like everything. But when I walk into, but the the larger thing is that, although I recognize Viv's as it's it's a black spot, right? I don't go in there being like, "This is a black spot." I go in there being like, "This is Viv's going to be a fucking good time." I don't go into a fucking taco spot being like, <laughs> "I, oh, this is a fucking a Mexican spot," and I have to think about how. Mexicans are. It's just a place where I'm going to go eat. And if that what makes me less woke, it's fine. If I were to do DNA DNA test on you, what percentage of black would you have to come back at that you think you'd be chill to call Viv's a black bar? In everybody's eyes, probably over 50%. 51%. I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, there's so, there's somebody just fucking smoldering right now, trying to fucking... Uh, somebody's writing the most eloquent email response that will straight up never be read, so don't worry about it. You can fucking <laughs> you can let it go. Don't, don't sweat right. it. I don't check the email. Um, wow, we just got real real heavy there. But, you know, just, yeah, like... I, I don't know what to do for you, man. The The harder you signal you feel that you're right, the more I'm fully sure that you are very far off the mark. And the more I'm sure that you know you're very far off the mark. That's sort of the thing. When somebody gets real virtue signally, yeah, part it, of me but... believes this person fucking lives this. And the more you do it, the less I believe that you believe it. The it harder off. somebody virtue signals, the more convinced I am that they sit at a red light and scream racial shit at people crossing the street with the windows up. Oh, sure. Like, I'm fully convinced. Oh, yeah. No, someone someone breaks into your apartment, and they take all your money and jewels and whatever. Yeah. That's the true, that's the true test. I don't, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would, I would, I would uh, utter any racial epithets. So I mean, I guess bottom line is, if you're pissed about the taco spot, then you should be only eating the food of your ancestors, and that's it. Yeah, and that's that. And that's I understand that it's not a a precise one to one thing. Yes. There, it's a, there's a different argument there, but it boils down to the same thing. Yeah, if Either you're angry about that, culture is sancrosant, or yeah. it is uh, it, it's exchangeable. It's there's only two options, so you have to pick a side. And if you say you pick a side, you have to live that side. Got it. That's why picking sides is such a slippery slope. Yeah. That's so that's so sales of Wonder Bread are going to go through the fucking roof. Exactly. Yeah, precisely. Month. 
if they like, follow our fuck, We can't keep this fucking craft macaroni and cheese on the goddamn shelves. What's happening? We could, um, we could definitely uh, just encapsulate that and erase like the, the last forty minutes of what we talked about. Because yeah. I love when we just come to the point. For sure, you, you, you got to work your way there. Another thing, yeah, I, 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 we were about to work our way out of this, but one thing that I always thought about when we would have these fucking like flare-ups of uh, cultural appropriation uh, accusations. Not so much anymore because it's fallen out of style, but there were points where for a very long time you would hear people leveling cultural appropriation arguments against other people Mm-mm. who were full-on appropriating like Appalachian culture. Like straight <laughs> up. Uh, this is I my mean, folk band and we're playing in a Philly basement. Um, maybe we can we can talk about wearing construction gloves and boots when you live in the yeah. suburbs at hardcore shows and you're appropriating a culture that a blue collar culture that works hard. Yeah, what's, you, is like, it culture work, just race? Or can it be, like, yeah, like it, it blue collar? Is that a fucking uh, like poverty? Are the, we putting poverty culture? The like, definition is it's stealing from an, an underprivileged, uh, a privileged, a privileged group, appropriating, stealing from an underprivileged group. So yes, definitely. If you work at fucking, if you work at a GameStop in the suburbs, and you wear construction boots and fucking gloves and you go to a hardcore show and you fucking while out and buy a $40 fucking long sleeve. You know, you might be uh, appropriating a, a certain culture that might not be able to afford the same things you can. So think about that. I've been listening to a lot of ignorant ass hardcore lately. You just put me in a mood right there. Oh man. I've been on I've been on like a real ignorant trip for the past couple days. It's been great. Ignorant. That was actually one of those things I thought about I was thinking about it yesterday. I was listening to, uh, I was driving home listening to Trapped Under Ice. Oh my God. I was thinking about how, like, they played it in Valentine's once at, like, you know, one of those 20 band fucking thug only, fucking, like, uh, sponsored by a gang style, like, Uh, festivals. Guys guys Um, with no shirt on and no shirt, like, to be seen anywhere near them. They just showed up with no shirt on. (laughs) That's exactly. like the shirt is uh, in the car, like on the on the driver's seat, like so it protects the driver, like because it's a fucking obviously you're driving a brand new Rolls Royce, so you have to protect the front seat. So you put the 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 t-shirt you were wearing against, so your blood, so your sweaty back doesn't ruin the uh, the '98 Nissan Tercel you've been driving. Um, yeah, no, like I was thinking about when they played, and I was really like just fucking so mad at this fucking scene. I used to hate doing these fucking heavy shows. They were always such a pain in the ass and all this shit and fucking hate this. So stupid. Everyone here is so fucking dumb and fucking band is terrible. (laughs) And I'm listening to it in the car. I'm like, this shit's real good. (laughs) It's like real good. And it occurred to me that I had to, in my life, in my twenties, that was, I didn't have many options, and that was representative to me. Like all of like heavy music was representative of people who had no options and opted to not do the thing. Like that was just the team that opted to not do it. Yeah, that was just no. it. And it took me. I it had to reflect on how long it took in my life for me to go back and say, "No, nah, this is real good." Like this is <laughs> this is super. This is super good. Oh, yes. You know what? Actually, did it. I will. I. 
full fucking like shout outs or whatever to uh when we played with that band Jesus piece mm-hmm. um obscene like sickly heavy like fucking like bowel ripping heavy also really throwback awesome too because i'm fairly certain the the drummer is like really into krishna and has like the brain leash like that it it was awesome it was like the 1990s just fucking killed it on stage um (laughs) great (laughs) really really good but that was a point where i was like i like running every morning and was like just throwing my earbuds on and i remember i put the ep on and i'm like this is fucking this is sick this is really fucking good and it really like awakened me enjoying fucking stupidly heavy music again. It was really nice. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you've had this uh, this woke realization of the. Now, if I moved back to Albany and had to like uh, see these fucking goons, I might not feel that way. But it was, uh, it was nice. <laughs> it's always goons lurking. It's great. always goons. But the man, goons shit. here are tragic. tragic oh my god! Goons. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, it's it's a mixture of <laughs> aggressive music meets the inability to get laid. I think that's the thing. I think that's what I couldn't parse out. I couldn't parse out the fact that the music is, like, sick, and the people in Albany specifically are so upsetting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was just, it's a positive, it's like the fucking paramedics, like, snakes logo. They're just intertwined on each other. It's impossible <laughs> to get them apart. Oh, man. Woo. My favorite. Went a lot um, of weird places. To totally shift gears for a moment now, we lost to somebody. Uh, very close to us. Uh, Chris oh, Cornell died. Oh, that's, that is true. Chris and, Cornell. Uh, Spin Magazine. You want to guess what their headline was? Oh, fuck. Soundgarden tour canceled after Chris Cornell's death. <laughs> like, there was a possibility. <laughs> but it's like, it's funny because it's like that, there would be that moment where you're like, can we still do that? I mean, I'm sure Kim Thale, I mean, uh, I'm sure Matt Cameron's fine because he plays for Pearl Jam, but I'm sure Kim Thale's like, can we still like do the can we do like hologram Chris, Chris Cornell? Can we? I mean, I, it was only like the third date of the tour, or whatever. And but the the funny thing is that his wife, who is remarkably normal, and has I'd like to speak to a manager hair. No, oh, excellent. Which is, I mean, that was very an odd choice considering this is a man who. But it's funny, because this is a man who probably, in the 90s, probably fucking fucked every Liv Tyler lookalike known to man. Likely. And also, there's an anecdote I read from Michael Azarad article, where when they toured with Nirvana, uh, Kim Thale was caught shitting into a plastic cup backstage. And I've always held that against them. Yeah, why would he do that? Because he's being trying to be rock and roll, man. Wow. I always get him, there's Kim Thale, and there's the, like, fucking other heavy set hairy fucking dude from uh, Faith No More that always wore the dollar store sunglasses. I always get those two confused. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Jim... Don't tell me his name, I don't give a fuck. Jim Martin. Hate him, hope he's dead. Uh, not dead, but <laughs> a pumpkin farmer. Like in Faith No More, awful. Awful. If you pretend you like Faith No More, you, you're, you're telling yourself a weird story. That was a cute... That's a perfect example of people who got cute after they got money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim, uh, um, Jim Martin became a pumpkin farmer after making his... Uh. I'm sure he would be... I mean, I'm sure each of them made clear with that, if they had a good deal. I'm sure each of them made clear probably a million dollars off between touring merchandise yeah, sales. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, it's the smart money is to put that put that away and live off the nut, even if it's like nineteen grand a year, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he invested in a pumpkin farm because he's like, these royalties are going to come in forever. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, so maybe we wrote one of the greatest songs of all time. Epic in their mind. Although I, 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 I really don't think it's a good song. And uh, so while everyone else, I mean, like the other dudes were kind of like, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of play. I'm going to play for Ozzy. And the only other dude was like, I'm going to do my weird voice records. Mike Patton. Oh, so bad. And even uh, and the, the success story of them all, Roddy Bottom, who I don't know why I know all of this, but I do. Uh, what Roddy, the fuck is happening? Roddy I Bottom, was assuming you were reading a fucking Wikipedia. No, no. Roddy Bottom became a music supervisor for films. Which means he, uh, he nice. then became and uh, worked for like a bunch of different um places and then he's scoring music and everything and using his pedigree for something Good and job, uh, fucking rowdy roddy rowdy roddy piper took over <laughs> we need we need somebody uh we need somebody here who is really well versed in almost made it through an entire episode without a wrestling fucking reference oh no every time no no every fucking every time we're gonna make one there's somebody who keeps sh- listen I hear it. Yeah, hear somebody keeps on. shooting a gun, like, right in my neighborhood. Oh, that's really sick. Actual gunshots. Jesus. I mean, we're talking about the city that... One of the first pioneer cities to put gunshot microphones around town. And, like, every time... Every time... But the best part was, it was such a drain of resources, because every time a car backfired... <laughs> Within five miles of that fucking thing, a SWAT team was called out. A mobile, our MEMRT mobile response team was called out. Yeah, what the fuck is going on? Right? Did you uh, lock your door? My neighborhood is alive. Uh, my neighborhood got, it's weird because when I first moved in, it was uh, very, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> when I first this, moved in, it was very. This might actually be the podcast you die on. Working on it. Um, I actually asked somebody to shoot at my house. Oh, that's great. I was like, if you could just do one thing for me, I don't want to like, I don't want to, I don't want to kill myself necessarily, and I don't want to do suicide by cop. Uh, I don't want to feel any pain, but I want it to look accidental. If you could just stand in front of my house and unload a few clips, <laughs> that'd be like the coolest thing ever. That'd be great. Just, just give me, give me the Huey Newton. Three, of you guys just fucking surround my house and just fucking unload. Yeah, I, can you just <laughs> give me the Huey Newton? Give me the Huey Lewis. Could you do that for me, please? <laughs> yeah, could you play? You know, I watched. Um, speaking of, I watched uh, the Making of Live Aid documentary, four hours long. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the major acts to pull out at the last minute. Uh, they start to where they actually started to come and then they pulled out, which is re- very harrowing for the couple. Um, rude. <laughs> like, I think I got some in there. Well, we just check that out or just fall asleep instead or whatever. Um, it was uh, Huey Lewis in the news triumphantly pulled out. They said, This is a scam. Wow. And uh, it turned, they turned out to look like real jerks. I was gonna say, fucking. 
They were fucking. Wait, no, that's not that's not the one. There's the one fucking festival from the '80s with like the ultimate missing person set video. It's just like it's super oh, good, the but I don't festival. think that's it. The Oz Festival. That's oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Damn it. Oh yeah. Um, so what I've been trying to do for the past week is to get some really good prank phone calls together Perfect. about Soundgarden. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And um, I've got the number of a place. Uh, and it would, we, were, we were to record the other day, and it would have worked perfectly because this was my premise. This is the night of the Soundgarden performance. Obviously, Chris Cornell's dead. And I call and I say, Hey, you got any tickets left? Me and my girlfriend are really, like, really <laughs> raring to go, and we're about to make a long drive. Uh... And then it's up to the. Holy shit. It's up to the fucking uh, ticket person, the poor son of a bitch working on the other line, to inform me that Chris Cornell has died. That is really good. You could do it with Greg Allman. Oh, my God. Yeah, if he was touring, perfect. Yeah. Hey. Greg Allman used to hang out at the fucking food co-op in Albany. Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> that's fireworks. Oh, that's fireworks. All <laughs> now right. it's fireworks. Before, it was definitely a gun. Now Jesus. it's fireworks because I I am actually uh, broadcasting live from uh, 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 Mexico. Perfect. This taco really thing has affected me so much that I just went down to Austin and just fucking hopped the border. That's yeah, sick. I, I saw I saw a fucking young box shooting a gun on Instagram. Did you get in on that too? I sure did. I loaded seventeen and I had a good grouping. I blew the guy's chin off. Nice. What'd you guys shoot? We shot uh, uh, just a Glock nine millimeter. The dude who worked there. Uh, this is a. <laughs> story we were there with uh, our friend rachel gonzalez who's a friend of the podcast and our good friend of mine for a long time and um she uh said well you know we're in texas we should just they have ranges where you can shoot any type of gun you want so machine sick. gun there were people there with but this was like it's like the scene in robocop where like everybody's shooting there like little 38s and then somebody's like and was like looking down like there's one dude with like a modified AK that was perp. I mean, this is very all men, all men, and then me and two very, very small women. Perfect. And they're all like, "Do I love my gun? Like, am I more turned on by my gun or this this woman?" At this point, you know, two young, attractive-looking women have no business in a gun store. And then there's me wearing my Napalm Death shirt. That somebody actually said, "Hey, cool shirt, dude." I saw Perfect. them like I saw them way back in the day, and I was like, "Yeah, me too, man." It's really good, like the best conversation, like the baseline conversation you like gun, like the guitar store conversation you have. But I had it in a gun store, which is really. I cool. love the people I meet at my shooting range. Like they're so they're, they're very simple, very simple folks. <laughs> but this guy, <laughs> so, so I really like them a lot. But there was uh, two stores. One was we shot, we got because it was like kind of expensive. It wasn't like prohibitively expensive, but like for fun, like. If I, it's like, you know, I'm used to like, oh, I'm going to go to mini golf and pay five bucks. This was like like $80. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's about right. I'm like, we get two boxes of ammo and we get a gun and it's fine. But we don't really get a choice of what gun we want. So it's like, oh, you know what? You guys haven't really ever shot before because we lied. So we're going to give you. A, but we told them that we had never, ever really shot before. And the training was like, there was no training. So yeah. you're just give, sending us in there. With a gun and a little caddy, like I'm going to take a shower and I'm in college and I have like my caddy with soap and face stuff and like maybe slippers or whatever. But instead there's a gun in there 
and with <laughs> fucking like any good college bathroom caddy. Exactly, yeah, any good college as as a college bathroom caddy does. And uh, so you're sending us sending me in with um, 120 rounds of ammunition and a nine millimeter handgun, and then it's just like, all right, guys, have a good time. And uh, so we're like, all right, so we load it, and Sick. it's fucking really hard to load the clip after like 10 rounds. You're like. Urgh. Yeah, the uh, the fucking the Glocks are. You need a speed loader for those things. They're, they're like they're a pain in the ass. I hate it. I hated it. And uh, we started shooting, and um, one of my friend, the friend who was with us, wrote "haters" on her target across the chest of her target. Very good. <laughs> and blew away her haters, and everybody got a big kick out of that. At least some people did. Um, and then the best part was the guy who gave us our gun came to check on us and started kicking serious game to the woman, our friend who was nice. And he's like, you know, I spent a lot of time in, uh, California. And then once I got here, this was like my paradise. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just, there's, this is the only, only state where you can have a place like this. And I'll always work here. And like telling us our his whole story. And, it was like, but he's like, you should really come back. Like, you should really come back. And I realized how cute, like, people, we're so used to disaffected, like, fucking disenfranchised. It's like people who fucking had PCB water in their brains and now they're so fucked up. <laughs> the only way to hit on a woman, like, literally the only way, the only game they have is sending a picture of their penis to a woman and crossing their fingers. <laughs> so, for this guy, it was, it was like... It's like he watched like too many episodes of Wings, and he was like, "So you should come back sometime, and maybe we can talk more." I'm just gonna plant the seed right there and water it and hope it grows. And it oh, was so, so wholesome that although I fucking this guy was a definite gun nut loon, and like probably fucking probably fucking broken a beer bottle over a woman's back at some point is like but he you know threw a fucking threw like a beer bottle at a woman's car speeding away like after he didn't get yeah. laid or some shit like in a, in a terrible fucking texas fucking housing complex like don't ever fucking come back where's my phone where's my and they like left his phone in the fucking car it's like it's a whole fucking thing so you know that kind of shit and then he's like he gets into his house and he's like oh i can't sleep Neighbors pissed. Um, she's fucking driving and crying. You know, she acts like she leaves, but she just went to the fucking like store and got a Red you know, Bull. Trust, leave the area. <laughs> she didn't leave the area. She went. To, she left the gated community. All the all. The, it's funny that all the uh, apartment complexes down there, for the most part, are gated, which I find really weird. And um, so she went to the. Uh, she probably just went to the uh, like the quick check or the come and go or whatever and got like a red bull and like a fresh pack of cigs even though she had cigarettes it makes her feel good to buy a fresh pack of cigarettes and you know opened it up it's like waiting for him to call and then she finally is like fuck it i'm gonna call him and she goes and calls him and then his phone rings in the car and she's like oh fuck he probably thinks i'm totally ignoring him or thinks i stole his phone so she drives back for phones, phone for the phone saved him, because then he's able to put his sweetheart act on, and he's like, "I'm sorry that I threw those beer bottles of beer, full bottles of beer at your car." Kind of. 
Kind of. I mean, I was armed. It was, was kind of your fault. Well, I mean, considering he had a forty-five caliber concealed carry under his shirt, and he chose to throw bottles instead, let's just call it a win. Yeah, we'll, just, we'll call the whole thing a push. Like, I could have bed. fucking shot... I could have been like fucking Roger Moore and shot your gas tank. But I didn't. You know? I decided to let you live so that we can love. <laughs> Again, how, how? Did, how did we get how did we get here? I don't even know oh. what's happening. It's just like, man. Austin was a real time. And it's a beautiful place. Um, I suggest... It's, it's kind of like a nice... It's like a kind of a... It's definitely a weekend spot. If you spend any more than like uh, a weekend there, it's kind of you get it. It's like well, live, mu- live music everywhere, and it's like yep, all the time. But the, the food is great. The thrifting is good. Uh, everybody seems to be pretty cool. Although there were and the nightclubs are fucking crazy, and they have like multi levels and um, like weird artists because it's like such a music city. Like weird, I we were there and Migos just started playing a set. That was really weird. That is weird. Wow. Yeah. But it was just like, oh, I'm going to take my mask off. I'm going to it. I'm going to take my mask off. And it was like they said it for like a long time. You know, like mumble rap. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, people seem to be having a good time with this. Um, but uh, the, uh, well, the one, we went to see a live performance of people playing wood instruments. But it was like live on a Saturday night in a crowded bar. People love music that much. That they'll it's all they'll, prestige. Yeah, they'll, they'll go see anything. And there was a guy who kept blowing vape clouds at the back of my head. And I said, I'm really, I'm going to, because I, I was drinking a bunch of Lone Star beer. And I turned around as this dude, like I was like, who the fuck is this? Who the fuck is this? And then I went to turn around and he blew it right in my face. Ooh. But then he was like, oh my God. He, A, he didn't realize he was blowing it at the back of my head. And then when he blew it in my face as I was ready to fucking take him apart, he was the most apologetic, nice Texan, like, bro in, in sandals on the planet. And I was like, whoa, He's like, I didn't even realize. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, dude. I'm like, oh, and I'm like, I just, I couldn't say, I mean, I, I didn't want to, you know, put a din over the evening, nor did I want to have Young Box bail me out of a fucking Austin jail. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Yeah. I don't think it's quite as easy as getting bailed out up here. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, it's from, from New York, huh? Well, and I have like loose fucking pills in my pocket and shit, Xanax and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not a good scene. So um, uh, that was like a, a moment. And that was kind of encapsulated of a lot of the populace, especially the young populace of Austin. Where people don't like music. They listen to it and they go see it and they have a bunch of records and it's always omnipresent in their lives, but they just... They don't like the sound of being alone with themselves. It's not the same thing as liking music. <laughs> exactly. And I've actually, you know what? I've found that since I'm, I, I can't, like the sound of being alone with myself is only happens when I'm depressed now. Interesting. I surround myself with sounds. I've been, I, why I, this is like the worst thing. But I, I was like, you know what? I should start listening to other podcasts. And I settled on the Mark Maron podcast. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, man, I get it. I, I get, get it, man. Know, yeah. yeah, I get it's, it. That's all it is. That's all it is. But he inter- interviews interesting people and like that he doesn't know anything about. So he'll have like a Steve Albini interview, but he doesn't know shit about Steve Albini. 
so it'll force <laughs> like it'll force the conversations in like weird other directions than like yeah so you'll get a, you'll get an interview that's like doesn't talk about maybe doesn't talk about audio at all which is interesting i think it talks about like where it grew up and like on a base level it's like fine and whatever and i find that but i can't like when i'm driving to work i can't like have silence or i can't even in the shower i listen to stuff i have a i have a waterproof bluetooth speaker <laughs> which you know when i move into of... your your love nest you'll you can bring that along i'll bring it along be like, oh, i got sonos in the bathroom man we're okay we're good here you sure i mean this is uh all tech lansing man yeah, we're we're good. You can you can you can keep that one in the box. The or, best part is when I press that good shit. When I <laughs> I got rid of the box. When I press play, it says "Welcome to Altec Lansing." Oh Jesus! It's really cool. Not really at all. Um, I just found out today that I can now uh, just tell fucking Alexa when I want to. Oh fuck! I woke her up. Um, Alexa, I can just I can just tell her when I want to order Seamless, and it's like okay. And all of a sudden, Seamless shows up. So that's that's, wild. that's good and dangerous. That'll be fun. But what if like, what if you're just talking and you don't remember, and you don't realize, <laughs> and then suddenly someone shows up with like thirty pizzas? That actually that happened to somebody. I forget the specifics of it. But yeah, there was some guy in uh, in Tennessee or some shit. I don't understand how it happened, but he wound up getting like fifteen thousand dollars worth of things ordered from Amazon by accident from his fucking uh, from his voice assistant. <laughs> I think he was like watching TV, and they said something that triggered it, and yeah, some crazy shit. But yeah, really good. <laughs> I kind of love it. I kind of love. I want that future. technology. It is the future. I got a Fire Stick. Not too long ago, and that's like oh, nice. You get the one where you can talk and be like, "Yo, what's up?" I think Fucking, so. Yeah, it's, it's also going to be they're going to jailbreak that shit, and that's a, that's going to be the real test. I actually don't think there's a point in jailbreaking anymore. I'm, mm. um, um, yeah, I'm over it. Like the like everything involving piracy, the way you beat it is by making the legal options at least at parity and more convenient than the illegal options. And that's what happened. Like, yeah, like fucking Netflix and Hulu and fucking HBO Go and all that shit, they all cost money. I subscribe to all of them. I spend, like, a lot of money a month on this shit. But if the alternative is to have to log into, like, the pirate bay and then find the right torrent and sit down and make sure and, like sweat on it and move it to a folder and then make sure that my fucking NAS drive is running, fuck you. Like, I've had it. I've had it, man. I'll pay the three bucks to rent the goddamn movie. I'm never going to watch it again anyway. Who cares? It's fine. It's all good. You know what I would do with three bucks if I didn't rent this movie? Fucking nothing. I'd go buy a bunch of seltzer and fucking forget I drank it. It's not a big deal. Um, All right. Well, this has been uh, episode... What the fuck episode is this? This is episode 156. 156 getting there getting there chugging to 200 chugging to 200 and then what i don't know and we change our format completely then yeah then the whole and then everything changes everything the game changes we move both move to california and we just sort of like yo Lindsay lohan let's do this <laughs> fucking guy and who is an office space and band of brothers let's talk Let's chat it up. What do you got? I think what if we did the Mark Maron podcast ripoff, but interviewed celebrities on the skids, 
And it's not even on the skids, just fading like total, total dim stars. Like <laughs> John Lithgow, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, John Lithgow is here. Sorry, stage and screen, John Lithgow. Um, I haven't worked in like, uh, just talked to him, like, talked to him a lot about Harry and the Hendersons. And he's like, oh, I, I, this wasn't, this wasn't what I was expecting. You know, I, have, I have a new play. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you do summer stock theater. That's cool. Well, anyway, Harry and the Hendersons, man. I'm like, wow. You know, and then just be like telling like super personal anecdotes. Like, man, when I was like, I remember my dad taking me to that movie and he like left because he thought it was so bad. But I stayed. Yeah, my left. dad hit me the first time yeah. when I was watching Harry and the Hendersons. He left me alone in the theater. And like he came back and there was there was a guy sitting next to me. And, and it was like, and then they ended up getting in a fight. <laughs> like a real fight right in front of everybody. Could you imagine? John Lithgow, could you, in your whole life, could you imagine? Oh my God! It says here you're in War Games. What was that like? We're talking about the movies he like his most forgettable roles. <laughs> I think that would, <laughs> I think that would be awesome. <laughs> would be really good. Be like, like just, but it's kind of like not. It's not necessarily trickery, but it's like we'll talk to you, but it has to be about your your uber forgettable, like your most forgettable roles. Like we could expand it to like, but. We are obsessed with failure. I love it. Like, we love failure. It's wild. Because it's way interesting. Like, the, I follow the greatest Chippendale of all time, Michael Rapp. And uh, we can talk about that later, because you have to go. <laughs> I just realized you told, I just realized I did that thing where you said, I have to, I have to leave or I'm going to die. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Chippendale. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, all right. Well, 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 we'll continue talking about Michael Rapp in 157. Yeah, more than a photograph. Um, Anything you want to plug? Uh, no, not yet. Although I am, uh, I got very, uh, it's, it's a long story. I got very woke last week uh, about oh, my fuck. Are we gotta, we're going to have to do fucking 157 tomorrow or some you shit. Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> Perfect. All right, sick. Well, this has been 156. Everyone be cool and fucking cue the music. All right. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.